0: Welcome to 307 Baseball, the show all about America's game in the Cowboys State. Now, here are your hosts, Elon Oliph, Cullen Holt, and Matthew Peterson.
1: We are rounding the last turn and headed down the home stretch of the American Legion baseball season here in Wyoming. And boy, has it been a total blast to follow the season thus far. But this is where it really gets interesting. I'm Cullen Holt. Uh, alongside me is Elon Olive, our good friend Matthew Peterson. Got a job offer that he couldn't refuse, so we're excited for the future for him. Uh, but Elan, I'll start with you. Were there any results that really just kind of jumped off the, the scoreboard for you from last week?
2: You know, we're going to talk about it uh, a little bit later when we have uh, David Settle on, but those are conference doubleheaders between Pal and Cody, I think it was not what we expected. That's all I'll say about that, because we'll talk about it a little bit more uh, later on with uh, Mr. Settle.
1: Yeah, and, and it's been fun because these conference games, they mean so much, and I feel like you can put a little bit more stock into these conference games because before, you know, we don't get a chance to go to every single game across the state. We get we get to a lot of them, but not every single game. And so before you're looking at these scores and you're going, well, they lost, but maybe they didn't have any pitchers available yeah, or yeah. maybe they had other kids uh, on vacation. Well, during these conference games, we know – Uh, that they're putting their best foot forward, and so we can put a little more stock in these results.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing, as you mentioned, we can't get to all of them. We get the game-changer reports. We get all that stuff, but I don't think it paints a full picture of what it's like to maybe be there or listen to it. I listened to um, our good friend Cole Havens and um, Scott Mangold over in Powell. I listened to both of their broadcasts. Shout out to them. They did a great job. So that kind of gave me a little bit more of
1: of an idea of what was going on, and it just looked like – it looked like Cody was was the dominant team. Yeah, so let's take a look at just some of the conference results from last week. We'll kind of just gloss over them. Uh, Douglas and the Casper Drillers, at the single A level, uh, split a conference doubleheader. Uh, Lovell and Powell they split as well. So uh, it's getting interesting over there on that in yeah. that corner of single A already. Just uh, that was just on Monday of last week. Uh, Casper Oilers and Jackson, Uh, that was a a fun game to follow as well, but Casper took two from Jackson there. Post Six took care of business in a doubleheader against Gillette. Evanston did the same with Rock Springs. Uh, Wheatland and the Hawks from Cheyenne split their conference doubleheader. Laramie and Gillette played close in the first game, not close in the second game, and the Rangers won both of those. Casper took care of Riverton. Second game was a one-run contest there. Green River with two big wins over Rollins. Moving to Thursday now, Cody and Powell. We talked about this, but the two big victories for by, for Cody, and again, like you said, we'll get into it a little bit more in depth later on, but uh, scores 15-2 and 10-4. In that one, uh, and that just about does it for conference play. Just a couple more games. Uh, Riverton beat Douglas in a couple of close ones in that doubleheader as well. And then we had a lot of those Fourth of July tournaments all over the state as well.
2: I think on Tuesday, the same day as the Jack, the uh, the Rock Springs, Evanston games, we had a Casper Oilers Jackson doubleheader. We did, if I believe. And I, I didn't remember. Sorry, I didn't remember you here. Yeah, yeah, we
1: did. It was it was a good one, and yeah, uh, yeah we talked about. Uh, Casper getting the victory in that in, yeah. uh, in those two games and then on top of that in I know we said we were just going to keep it to conference games but uh in non-conference action uh post six wins another tournament as they win their uh, their own firecracker tournament hosted at their place as well
2: yeah and they I think they won that I'm not looking at a scoreboard but I think they beat Idaho Falls to win that tournament Idaho Falls is the reigning American Legion national champions meaning they won the American Legion World Series in 2019 so the, uh, we talk, we'll talk about it a little bit later with Settle. We've got a great, great interview coming up with him. Where I mean, of course, he's such a wealth of knowledge, but uh, th- that could be a signal of what the true aspirations of this post-six
1: team are. And yeah, here's another tease for you. Uh, Cheyenne won that game over Idaho Falls 2-1 uh, behind the pitching of a guy named Freezer. who we're going to talk about him a little bit later Uh on as well, I think, uh, because you just kind of have to with the way he's been performing. So, man, there's so much good stuff going on in Legion baseball right now. And, I mean, all across the state. There are teams everywhere that are making noise. So many teams and players that need to be talked about. We can't fit it all into one episode, uh, but we're certainly going to try. Yeah,
2: and we've got the latest edition of the Coaches and Media poll that's going to get released today. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that.
1: Yeah, and uh, like you said, it, as we go to results from this week as well, like you said, Cody and Powell, a uh, couple of conference doubleheaders. There was one this uh, just this week as well as Cody beat Powell, and the scores again: Cody ten, Powell one; Cody seventeen, Powell zip. And Powell's a good team.
2: They are a very good team, and you know, I, I, again, we'll talk about it later. But those those were definitely the scores. I mean, I remember tuning into that game and just seeing how quickly it kind of got out of hand and. And it was one of those things where it's like, wow, Cody really, I think Cody's been hearing the talk about Powell, about how they're coming for the crown. And Cody said, uh, not not this time.
1: Yeah, Wheatland, uh, two wins against Torrington. Uh, just like last week, Casper got a couple from Jackson. Evanston got a couple from Rock Springs as well. So the standings kind of holding there. And actually speaking of standings, oh. Uh, where are we sitting right now?
2: All right, let's go ahead and break it down. We got the single A, and these are the current standings as of July fourth. Big thank you to David Settle and Wildcratch for putting it together. Let's start in the single A Southwest. Green River, eighteen and fourteen on top of the Southwest with a perfect eight and zero conference record. Rollins Generals, four and twenty one with a three and five conference record, and the Buffalo Bill Bulls. with a 1-7 conference record. Moving on to the 1A Northwest, and that's the Cody Cubs. Big surprise there, 6-0 with a 29-14 overall tally. Pal Pioneers, 25-7 with a 1-3 conference record. Level Mustangs at 15-17 with a 1-5 conference record. Uh, anyway, moving into the single A Southeast, Wheatland Lobos 18 and 11 overall with a 5 and 1 conference record. Cheyenne Hawks 23 and 20 with a 500 conference record at 4 and 4. Torrington Tigers 12 and 10 with a 1 and 5 conference record. Moving on to the single A Northeast, Casper Drillers on top there 21 and 16 with a 6 and 2 conference record. Riverton Raiders with a 15 and 13 overall re- uh, record with a four and four conference record and Douglas Cats bringing up the rear with a 15 and 17 overall record at two and six and uh we'll uh we'll go ahead and do the double a now and this one is updated as of today because there were just there was it was easy to keep track of this one in the east Cheyenne post six 48 and 14 with a seven and one conference record Laramie 32 and 15 with a five and three conference record Sheridan, 32-18 with a 3-5 conference record. And Gillette, 37-25 with a 1-7 conference record. For the AA West, Casper Oilers sit on top with a 35-17-1 and and overall record and a 6-0 conference record. The Outlaws, 26-18 with a 4-0 conference record. Jackson, 10-34 with a 0-4 conference record. And Rock Springs,
1: 11-36 and 36 with a 0-6 and 6 conference record. Yeah, wow. Uh, and I, I'm curious to see, like we said, we call it the home stretch. Uh, are those standings going to shift or are things going to stay the same? You know, uh, you kind of think that might be the way things finish. You know, you, you, but you never know.
2: You look at the East and I think one is, it's done. I think it's mathematically impossible for anyone but right. post-six to get that. So I think one is done. I think four, I think Gillette's going to have to have that one. Two and three, though. I mean, two games separating them, and there's still four more conference games to go for each of them. That could go either way between Laramie and Sheridan, plus two of them there are against each other. So that's going to be real fun to watch. On uh, The AA West, um, I, I think four is going to be Rock Springs. Uh, we'll know a lot more about this next week after Evanston plays Jackson in conference play for the first time next week but you just kind of get the feeling that it might be a two-horse race in the west between Casper and Evanston
1: yeah and let's say the season were to end today in an alternate universe uh shy this these will be the the first round matchups of the state tournament which by the way we're going to have every game live on mylocalradio.com nightly recap show the whole nine yards we're going to have it all for you uh, but here's what those matchups would be Cheyenne versus Rock Springs and Evanston versus Sheridan on one side of the bracket Okay, Casper versus Gillette and Laramie versus Jackson on the other side of the bracket. I'm already circling some really good matchups yeah. if that's how these things play out.
2: Yeah, and I mean, uh, Gillette versus Casper. I, Gillette's going to be a four, but they're going to be one of the toughest fours ever. So Gillette versus Casper, that's going to be a, a marquee matchup. I like Laramie versus Jackson because, I mean, David Subtle probably touches on it later, but Jackson can... can tune up for one game to get a, that opening win in Laramie and send the home team to the loser's bracket. Um, Evanston versus Sheridan. Evanston hasn't played Sheridan. I don't know what to expect from that. And then uh, post six in Rock Springs. You hate to say it, but you got to you have to roll with Tyline and those boys in that matchup.
1: Yeah. So those are just hypoca- hypothetical first round matchups. We'll see if that's how it actually ends up playing out. Uh, at that state tournament. But uh, like you said, the race between Laramie and Sheridan for the 2-3 spot in the East is really heating up. So uh, we got the Sheridan skipper, Ben Phillips, on the phone. And uh, here's what he had to say.
2: Welcoming to the first time to the 307 Baseball Podcast, we have Ben Phillips, skipper for the Sheridan Troopers. Coach Phillips, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, First question, you guys had a bit of a slow start this year, but now you guys have won 13 of your last 15. What do you attribute that to?
0: Um, Just uh, some of our hitters uh, started off a little slow. And um, we got a little, I think we got some Homer happy swings there for a while. Kids are trying to swing a little bit too hard and and didn't have a good approach to the plate. So we just kept focusing on changing our swings and our approach um, knowing what kind of ball club we are. Uh, And, you know, in our schedule early on, it, it was difficult. We played a lot of tough teams. And when you're playing in May, uh, you only get to play on the weekends. And so you're facing everybody's top pitchers. Um, and so it helped us because now when we see really good pitchers, we've it's like seen them for the 15th, 16th time. So uh, just our bats kind of started getting where they needed to be.
2: Coach, you talked about how the bats, uh, you had a lot of guys that were looking for the home run ball. And I mean, when you look at baseball at this level, you look at the state leader. He's got about seven home runs this year. He'll probably finish with maybe 10. Um, Would you agree that maybe RBIs are, are more valuable of a stat to chase after at this level than the long ball?
0: Yeah, I mean, even before every eyes that's say on base percentage, getting on base, uh, drawing walks, having tough at bats and making pitchers throw a lot of pitches. Uh, you know, that's our approach is uh, we're not a home run hitting team. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation and, and with the way the bats are anymore. Um, it's, it's hard to hit home runs uh, in this league. So we've got to have an approach to play, know what we want to do, and put the ball in play. I mean, you never know what happens if you put the ball in play of two strikes. You may get a CNI ground ball. You may get a blooper. A team may make an error. You may foul it off and draw a walk. So just having that approach of, of grinding out at bats so that you see more pitches is kind of where we're at.
2: We've talked about the offense. Let's talk about the defense a little bit. And you and I talked a little bit before we hit record. Um, the defense has never been a problem. I remember seeing you guys last year. You were a very solid defensive squad and uh, were in some shootouts against the Evanston Outlaws at the uh, the Memorial Day Tournament in Gillette. Uh, defense has never been a problem for you guys. How was it to start the season this year for you guys?
0: Well, defense is... We stressed the importance of, of good pitching and defense because the reality of the situation is you're going to have some slumps at the plate. You're going to face pitchers who are going to keep the score down. Um, And so as long as your defense and your pitching are consistent, you're going to be in most games. And that's all you can ask for in baseball. It's not a game. you are going to go undefeated, but you want to have those situations where you have the ability to score at least two or three times a game and get a hit and to win the game. Um, And defense gives you those opportunities, not giving up silly, costly mistakes, not walking guys as pitchers pound of the zone pitching in contact um so our pitching and defense i've, I've liked all year uh and so i think the, one of the main reasons like i said earlier that we, we're starting to win a little bit more is our hitting is starting to come come out now
2: coach you guys currently sit uh number three in the double a east with a three and five record you still have to get a double header against Laramie and Cheyenne Uh, Laramie only two games ahead of you guys. So with four games to play, it really does look like it's going to be a very great competition for that number two seed in the East.
0: It is, you know, they're going to have to come up and play Gillette and they're going to have to play us. And if we can sweep them at home, um, then Gillette can sneak one through there. You know, we may move up to the two seed, but it's a situation where we control our own destiny. Uh, If we go out and we don't play the way we're capable of, then, you know, it is what it is and we'll end up where we're at. But uh, thinking about it in a positive way, I like where we're at with having four conference games left and we have them all at home. And we also are going to have our pitching lined up that we're going to have our best guys going against Cheyenne and Laramie.
2: Cheyenne is, is doing what I think everybody expected them to do, and that's have a very good season. I mean, only one conference lost on the entire year. Um, but outside of that, from what you've seen in the double a here in American Legion in Wyoming, would you say this has been one of the more competitive years that you've seen?
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's, there's four or five teams, um, you know, that can go out there that are, that are pretty even. I mean, if you think about it now, Cheyenne with three high schools combined is always going to be, you know, that's tough to beat when you've got three, three schools and they're combined with one team, they're always going to have more depth than everybody else on the mount always going to have pitching um so for teams like us where we are a smaller en- enrollment you know it's important for us to have guys that can all my guys almost all of them have to be able to pitch i mean that's just what we do we can't have guys that are just position players only or pitchers only we need them to, to do both things and i think that's the same with most of the teams in the state um and as far as this year it's a. Uh, yeah, it is. I think it's going to be one hit away in a lot of games. One hit or one mistake can win or lose a game. The teams are that close this year.
2: And when uh, when you look not too far ahead at the state tournament in, Lar- in uh, Laramie, uh, you guys will be taking on a Western opponent in the first round, the West uh, being led by Casper. They look really good right now. Evanston Outlaws starting to come out at the right time as well. Uh, how do you guys feel about that first round opponent with a, with a, a potential team out of the West?
0: Well, I mean, we're going to take it just like uh, all the other games. It's one pitch at a time. It's uh, executing. It, like I said, these games are going to come down to one mistake or one time we hit and and we always preach sure our kids about being mentally tough. Baseball is a very difficult sport to play. Um, you can hit the ball hard and get out. You know, you can hit the ball harder than the other team does and lose the game. Um, and so it's just going to come down to pitching and defense and timely hits. And that's what it is every year in these state tournaments. Who can come up with a big hit and who can limit their mistakes? Uh, you know, it's whether it's Evanston or or Casper or Jackson or rock Springs. We got to go in there with the mindset that, you know, it's time to start playing for each other at the state tournament. Cause we don't want to be the first team out.
2: That's coach Ben Phillips, the manager of the Sheridan troopers. They'll be taking on Laramie and giant post six in their home stadium. What are the dates of those games?
0: Uh, we play them on next Tuesday, which would be, I think the 13th and the 15th, the 13th or Cheyenne and then the following week I think the 18th we have Laramie
2: coach thank you so much for coming on is there anything else you'd like to say before we call it an, inter- an interview
0: no uh, thanks for having me on and uh, it's great to be able to talk about uh, baseball up here and in and Sheridan and, and to be on your program so I appreciate it
1: I love hearing the coaches perspective of what their teams need to do to take the next step especially at this point in the season Uh, You know, coaches talking about what guys need to do and and how to kind of manipulate the different chess pieces that they have to make something happen here down the stretch.
2: Yeah, and you heard him. He said that they've always felt really confident in their defense and their pitching. It was their bats that finally started to come alive that gave that great defense and pitching run support, and that's why they've been on quite a tear lately. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I had them as probably one of the biggest challengers to
1: Cheyenne. Uh, Slow start, but now they're looking like they could be that number two in the East again. Yeah, when it comes to all these teams being close in the standings as well, I'm sure in the back of your mind you're wondering, what did the people say? How did the coaches and the media vote as far as where they want to rank these people? Uh, we're going to drop the rankings pretty much right now, but we wanted to get our guy David Settle on the phone before we did that.
2: Welcoming back to the show, good friend YO preps manager the voice of the laramie rangers we've got david subtle on the phone and uh david with uh matthew taking a, a, a job and we're extremely happy for him you're kind of going to serve as our uh our third guest host if you're okay with that
3: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that guys so first off let's go ahead and
2: uh We've been teasing it all show. We've got the new coaches and media rankings. Let's go ahead and talk about it. First, let's recap what happened last time we did this coaches and media poll. Let's start with the single A. Number one, you had Powell. Number two, you had Cody. Number three, Wheatland. Or Yeah, Wheatland. And then Cheyenne and Casper tied for fourth. So those are your top five teams. In the single A from the last poll, and in the double A, it's kind of uh, no changes whatsoever from the weeks prior. Cheyenne one, Gillette two, Casper three, Laramie four, and Sheridan five. So uh, let's go ahead and get to those new rankings. So let's start with the single A. We have a new number one. Cody is now the new number one, which makes sense, and we'll talk about why that makes sense a little bit later on. At number two, Wheatland. I think that's a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Casper comes in at number three. Powell falls from one to four. And Green River representing the Southwest at number five. Moving on to the double A. Cheyenne post six. Once again, a unanimous number one. Laramie is going to come up to number two, which I feel like that's been a long time coming. Sheridan, thanks to their tear that they've had after we heard from Coach Ben Phillips earlier in the show. Uh, I believe it was uh, 15 of the last 13 that they've won. They're up to number three. Casper down to number four, and Gillette down to number five. David Suttle, take it away.
3: Well, uh, let's start in Class A, guys. Uh, It makes plenty of sense that Cody vaults to number one. We all knew that coming into the year that the Cody Cubs had a lot coming back off their state championship last year. And their domination of Powell, I got to be honest with you guys, I was frankly shocked at the scores over the last week. They played two doubleheaders within a week's time frame. I think it was last Thursday and then Tuesday. And just the way they handled Powell, I was extremely surprised because I thought this might be a year where Powell could challenge Cody, and I don't know, maybe Powell held something back in those games. It didn't look like it, but uh, that one kind of surprised me. But Cody is very deserving of number one. I still think they're the clear-cut favorite in uh, the single-A tournament. We'll see what happens at next week's district tournaments. Following Cody, Wheatland is a bit of a surprise to me at number two. Um, I actually like the way a few other teams are playing right now. But Mick Cochran's squad, you've got a lot of veterans on that team, a couple of 19-year-olds that return. Um, you know, you're know, you led by guys like Ned Hageman, Mitch Pollack, Cross Hernandez, guys that have earned some accolades throughout their career. So that's a solid ball club. And I think if they can continue to get good starting pitching and good relief pitching, which they have for the most part this season, and some of their tough losses have been to some of the double-A competition they've seen and some of the out-of-state competition they've seen. So I think they – Uh, are a good baseball team, but I was still surprised that they're number two, three being the Casper drillers. I like the way the drillers have been playing lately. Obviously they split with Cody on Monday of this week in Casper after getting beat up on twice earlier this year in Cody. Uh, So I'm not surprised with that. Powell dropping a four makes a little bit of sense after they got dominated. And I'll be a little surprised that uh, Green River made it to five over the Cheyenne Hawks because after seeing the Hawks this past weekend, even though they're still a bit of a younger team, They really competed well in the Cheyenne Firecracker tournament and they beat some pretty good teams that even the Laramie Rangers didn't even beat in that same tournament. So that's kind of my breakdown of single A, guys. I don't know what you think. So
2: it's worthy to mention, you're absolutely right about Cheyenne. They were right in the thick of it. They lost out to that number five uh, spot by four points. So it's okay. it's very, very close. Uh, I, I agree with you on the Cody Powell doubleheaders. I listened to those games last week, and I was shocked by how quickly Cody got out on front and just dropped the hammer and did not look back.
3: Well, uh, let me ask you guys this. I wonder almost almost if it's become a mindset uh, with the PAL team, if it's something more mental than it actually is physical because it seems like that team's got the tools. So is it a mental hurdle that they have to get past in order to beat Cody? Because obviously I think they did that last year in the district tournament, but then Cody ended up on a tear and dominating state still. Colin, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one.
1: You know, honestly, I just enjoy sitting back and and taking it all in. I just love just watching the games just kind of fall where they may. Uh, But that's one of the things that I absolutely love about baseball, you know, is one one team can blow out a team at one time. And and we talked about this last week as well. Mm -hmm. We touched on it earlier in this show. If you get hot at the right time, and that's why I love these rankings, because it could be completely different tomorrow or the day after or the day after that. I love it.
2: Yeah, honestly, I think you might be onto something, David, because th- this pal team is not lacking any talent at all. They can play with anyone. Uh, it just might be one of those things where, where Cody is looked at as as kind of the post six of the single a and whenever they kind of walk in, you kind of get that yikes feeling kind of kind of go down your spine, especially when they're on a tear like what they've been on lately.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all know how good the Cubs are, and they really have controlled single A, even going back to two years ago. And that was the year where Cheyenne won the Cabo World Series, which happens to be going on right now uh, in Cheyenne for a third straight year. And they took off down to uh, that uh, tournament in New Mexico. And so Cody filled in, they still got the, the single A bid because they were the host team to their regional that year that was in Cody. But, uh, that was still a pretty good Cody team. They didn't fare very well at the double a state tournament, but I think that had more to do with matchups, but they are still dominant and have been like, like they have been in the last five years. And so, yeah, it's it right now. Everybody's chasing Cody. I'm curious to if anybody can get there and uh, I don't know what's going on with pal and maybe they didn't show uh, everything. I, that, that was uh, just a puzzler to me. Uh, You know, like I talked about with Wheatland guys, I think that's a little bit of a hidden gem of a ball club. And they've got some guys that can throw pretty well on the mound. And I I think Mick Cochran's got to be fairly pleased. They don't play as aggressive of a schedule as some of the other teams do around the state, especially at the single A level, like a Cody does or a few other programs, but they are still a good, solid baseball team. And I think that almost – can sometimes play in your favor at the end of the year because they're not quite as taxed as some of these other teams might look. And so I'm curious to see how Wheatland fares as we get into the postseason with districts and then state.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if people within the Wheatland circle are kind of disappointed that they're starting to get recognition. You gotta yeah. think you gotta think in some ways that, that it's nice to, to be recognized, yeah. but in other ways you're like, Man, I was kinda of hoping we were flying under the radar there for a little bit and now people are talking about, yeah, oh, we might actually be a pretty good team. We're not gonna surprise people anymore. Uh, David. Yeah. You...
3: Well, when you win your when you win your conferences as pretty handily as they did, what going seven and one right. in the eight games they played against Torrington and the Hawks, I think that's gonna people are gonna step up and notice. And obviously, that uh, plays right into a big event this weekend with the Bowling Tournament in Douglas, where you know they're gonna see some competition from the other side a little bit, and, and we'll have a little bit of a gauge in terms of how things might match up down the road, perhaps at state.
2: Hey, David, I want to revisit something you brought up, and that's the Cabo World Series taking place in uh, Cheyenne. Um, before we go ahead and, and switch gears to A, it was because Cheyenne won that Cabo World Series, as you mentioned, they went to a tournament in New Mexico at the same time as the state tournament. That's why they were not a part of the state tournament in 2019. Are right. we looking at a similar situation in 2021?
3: That's a great question. Um, and I think maybe that's a better question for Ty Lane than me. Uh-huh. I don't think that even if they win that tournament, I don't think they're going to go to the CABA World Series this year or the Connie. It's 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 the Connie, Connie Mac, Mac Baseball, Cabas uh, or CABA is the Continental Amateur Baseball Association, and so I believe it's it's the Connie Mac World Series that they went to down in in New Mexico a couple years ago. They didn't necessarily have the quote-unquote experience they were looking for after visiting with a couple people surrounding the program. Now, I'm not trying to speak for Ty Lane himself or anybody on that staff or the players, but I think they want to give, I think Cheyenne's been close enough in the past, they want to give a full-fledged shot towards winning state, trying to win a regional, and be the first Wyoming team ever to make the Legion World Series. I think that probably weighs more than trying to win this Cobble World Series and go back to wherever their games are this year. Um, obviously, this, this is a big qualifier, this Cobble World Series, and post six is off to a great start because they won their first couple of games. But I got an inkling that I think even if they do win this, that they might say, you know, we're going to decline that invitation, let somebody else go, and we'll stay in Wyoming. Because I think, you think about this, they're going to go up. They're going to play at Gillette the last week of the regular season. So in just about two weeks, a little less than that. And they're going to see that whole facility mm-hmm. and kind of, and I can almost guarantee if I'm timely in that coaching staff, we go up there early, we walk the field, you kind of get, you know, and, and they've played there before, mm-hmm. but maybe you get a little bit different kind of, Hey, take it in guys. Cause we want to come to state in Laramie, take care of business, and then go back to that regional in Gillette just two weeks later from the conference games, and see if they can't get something done that's never been done by a Wyoming team, which is when the uh, the Pacific Northwest Regional. I, I think you're on to something because that's the first thought I had was like, what's going to be more important, a Kaaba
2: World Series birther or, or that American Legion World Series? And I, I've had we've had Ty on laying on the show, and he says it's he said it during an interview. It's only a matter of time before a Wyoming team makes that American Legion World Series, and uh, I, you you got to think that he's he wants it to be Cheyenne Post Six.
3: Well yeah, I mean a former guy, he was a part of a couple teams that came close. You know, there were a couple times in the the Brandon Nimmo era where they got close. They got close a few years back. And I i say this, I think they've got the starting pitching to do it this year. Um Bradley feaser has been absolutely dominant. Uh then you got two college returning guys and Garrett Oswald and Travis Anisto. Anisto continues to excel like he did last year but Garrett Oswald after a little bit of a slow start I think he's starting to come around a little bit as well and they've got a couple other guys you know Colter McAnally can throw whether you want him to start or close a game I think sometimes he's almost better as a closer than a starter because I think the teams have started to figure him out a little bit uh, so maybe they you know save him as a save guy Trenton Rodriguez can throw a couple other guys that I'm not mentioning but they're deep enough pitching-wise. I think they could if they win state, and that's a big if because I still think there are some teams that can challenge them this year. But if they do win state, I think they've got a legitimate chance to make some noise at that regional in Gillette in early August.
2: Well, and they also played the reigning national champions in Idaho Falls and play, and beat lost them to them in extras in one game and then beat them by one, I believe, at the championship of their firecracker tournament. So, I mean, this is a team that, that not only has state championship aspirations, national championship aspirations. So that makes complete sense. Uh, l- let's go ahead and recap what the new double rankings are before we unleash you on that one. It's gonna be Cheyenne post six, big surprise, not. They are number one, the unanimous number one. Laramie moves up to number two, Sheridan moves up to number three, Casper at number four, and Gillette at number five. The only other team to get a single vote in the poll, outside of those five, is Evanston.
3: Not surprising. I'll be honest with you guys. Not surprised at all. I think Laramie's deserving a two. They've played well. Did they struggle last week? Yes. I'll tell you exactly why, if people want to know around the state. They focused on the two conference games against Gillette on Wednesday. They threw their best pitchers, and things from a pitching standpoint did not line up very well. Uh, neither of those guys that threw on Wednesday came back and threw in the tournament at all, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday – And they played some pretty good teams out of uh, Colorado and a a Cheyenne Hawks squad that I mentioned earlier that, uh, that played pretty well in that same tournament. So Laramie I think is deserving. They have played the best. They have a win over Cheyenne. They have that second best record in the East conference and no offense to teams out West, but the East again, looks stronger than the West. And I think, you know, Casper and Evanston can make some noise. I just don't think Jackson and rock Springs have enough to make some noise. Um, and basically second right now I think comes down to when Laramie visits Sheridan in conference play that second time around on July 20th, and that's going to decide who's second because Gillette's sitting at one and seven in conference, and don't get me wrong about this because they will contend at state. Uh, They're just down a little bit this year. They're a younger roster with a lot more turnover and have they got some good wins? Yeah, but they're a little inconsistent. And I think that's something that coach Perley and his staff are still working on. And uh, they still impressed me uh, in their visit to Laramie last week. Cause uh, just over a week ago on Wednesday, June 30th in the conference games, they just happened to run into a Laramie team that was hot at the time. And then they got cooled off, but it's no different than the typical game of baseball for any team. If you have pitching woes and you make defensive mistakes, That's going to cost you, I don't care who you are, whether it's Cheyenne, Laramie, Cody, or the worst team in in Legion baseball in Wyoming, whomever that may be, you're going to lose some games more often than not. And that's what happened to Laramie. They had pitching woes where they had too many walks, high pitch counts, and then they had some errors defensively pretty much in every game that cost them in that Cheyenne firecracker last week. So I think Laramie's deserving of two. Sheridan on that tear you mentioned, uh, Elon, they are playing very good baseball at this point in time. I actually would be... I was a little surprised that Casper got above Gillette, to be honest with you, because I still think Gillette might be a little bit better than Casper, but I think that's, you know, any given day one of those teams could beat each other. So, we talked about this a little bit. You know, baseball is weird. You can't take
1: one game, and teams that get hot at the right time tend to do really well. Across the whole state in double-A, especially with every team getting a a bid in, in the state tournament, so... Who do you think is a team that has the right chess pieces and if they were to press the right buttons at the right time, not a Cheyenne, but a team that could surprise people and get really hot at just the right time? Who do you think that team is?
3: I will say I think it could be one of three teams. I think it could be Laramie, Sheridan, or Casper. Gillette does have good pitching. I just think they're a little too inconsistent, even though I just told you I still think they're going to contend. I would say if somebody got hot at the right time and put it together from a pitching standpoint, and we've seen these teams get hot. Lermy and Sheridan have both had some really good streaks recently. Until Lermy was cooled off and they needed some rest too. I think by the time they ended the Cheyenne game, they were playing their 11th game in like eight days or something like that. So uh, they 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 needed some downtime. But Sheridan went on that tear. Uh, I, you know, we've seen that Casper can go on some tears. It all comes down to pitching to me. Uh, I mean, yeah, your bats can be hot, but if you don't have the pitching that can slow some teams down and and it comes down to matchups too, guys. Sometimes people forget that, that, you know, Hey, a matchup. And and it's almost like that uh, conversation we had a little bit ago where maybe it is that effect of, Oh, it's Cody walking in and wait a second. We got to, you know, and and does that mess up your game plan and, and get in your kids' minds? Well, for, matchup purposes is there something like that with another team uh do you look at a pass matchup or something i i, I think laramie sheridan casper i think one of those three teams depending upon matchups and how things kind of piece together in the bracket could make uh, quite a bit of noise at the state tournament here in a little less than three weeks away
2: looking at where things are in the double a uh gillette would be four they'd be playing the winner of the west that is a tough four
3: Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's the way it's been for a while. And unless they decide to switch the geography and and the conferences around a little bit, which I don't see coming anytime Mm -hmm. soon. And don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not bringing that up to, to stir the pot or anything like that. I just, you know, unless they do that out of a conversation amongst the coaches, you know, I think the, the East is always going to be powerful just because you have really good coaches and really good established programs right now. And that's not to knock the West. They're still trying to build some things and, and kind of repair. Jackson just happened to lose a good amount of talent off a couple of really good teams. I mean, Jackson was runner up two years ago and they made a little noise last year. Evanston made a little noise. and I, I highly respect the outlaws. Uh, I think they can make some noise at at state. I think sometimes people on the east side of the state overlook them quite a bit. So it's just one of those situations where it's going to be interesting, but that is a tough 1-4 matchup. And if you're Casper, do you really want to play Gillette in the first round when you (laughs) probably get Caden Race, who they haven't seen this year? I mean, Caden Race is the reigning double-A pitcher of the year, and it's not like he's putting up chump change for numbers. Uh, they can go to Matt Newland. They could go to Brody Richardson. They can go to Jason Fink. Those are their top four guys. They just don't have a lot after that, and they, they sometimes struggle in relief. And, uh, and again, it's inconsistency with things here and there. But Nate Perliver is a great manager, and that's going to be a tough challenge, it looks like, for whoever wins the West, whether it's Casper Evanston. And, obviously, they've got four big games coming up in Casper here in a couple weeks. All right, we got one more question for you. And um, I know you've
2: been watching the scoreboards. You put together the scoreboard on BioPreps. If you could go to any one game this weekend, what would it be? Oh,
3: boy. (laughs) That's a great question, man. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. If I could go one place this weekend i think i would love to see the gillette excelsior minnesota matchup of the gopher classic in minnetonka minnesota and the reason why is excelsior came to gillette's tournament and uh they had a pretty good barn burner of a game not not the not the second team when gillette was kind of down on pitching that first matchup i can't remember off the top of my head i want to say it was something like a a 6364 ball game or something that Excelsior won, or maybe it was even closer than that but that would be a game if I could get to Minnesota to watch kind of the rematch that might be the one.
2: It's a good that's a good pick. I can't argue with that one. <laughs> Where are you guys going? Oh. Home. <laughs>
3: got an apple pie in the fridge I got to eat this weekend. Oh man. Um and by the way, it was ten to eight. Excelsior beat Gillette in that oh, first man. matchup. So, so I was I was a little underneath the the scoring. There's a little more, a uh, little more batting in that one than I had ori- originally thought of. But uh, I mean, it looked like Excelsior started one of their better pitchers, and Gillette threw Brody Richardson. So they started one of their better guys. And Coach Pearlyberg sticks to a rotation too. So that that's going to be interesting to see what that matchup would be like up in in uh, Minnetonka, Minnesota. Coming up, and that's a that's a game tomorrow, and actually that's their second of back to back games for Gillette.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good one. um Honestly, there's a matchup, and I'm interested to see how it goes. Cody and Jackson.
1: That one, I was going to say that,
2: yeah, and the other one too is yeah.
1: I like keeping an eye on
2: Green River. I wouldn't
1: mind yeah going to see the Knights play. Either. Yeah, they, they take would... on Torrington this week. I think it is.
2: Yeah, they look really good. But I think Cody and Jackson because as you mentioned, Cody has been on a tear lately. Jackson, I think they need a win. I really do, because they're, next week they're going to come into Evanston for some conference, conference play, and if you come in to conference games on a slump against a team that is, is kind of on a bit of a streak right now, I think that All hurts right. you. So I think, I think Jackson at Cody, I think that is a big game for Jackson.
3: I, I looked at that one. That's not a bad one. I'm curious to see how the drillers and Wheatland play at the Bowling mm. Tournament tomorrow night in Douglas Yeah. on Friday night. that That's another one that intrigues me. You guys mentioned the Green River Torrington. I think those are two teams that have a couple of top-line pitchers. It kind of drops off after that. But if you get a great matchup between two top-line pitchers, the question is, is, do these managers – do they throw their top pitchers against each other? You know, because mm-hmm. Caden Riley is a great pitcher at Torrington. Jackson Jones is no slouch there. I know Green River's got a couple guys at the top end of uh, Coach Lale and Coach Peterson's rotation. So that's that is an intriguing one, actually, on Saturday afternoon.
2: Absolutely. That is David Settle of Wild Preps, also voice of the now number two ranked Laramie Rangers. And David, I got to say, as we're getting closer and closer to this state tournament, uh, i think we're in for a great week down at your guys's place
3: well let's hope so let's hope uh, knock on wood and knock on my own head which sometimes i think is wood, uh <laughs> that we get some good weather and everything shapes up i think uh you guys will appreciate the media accommodations that they're kind of putting together and they're they're doing some finishing touches uh they've had a little stretch here because larmy's last uh, they've got uh, one more home game left on july 14th but Really, the Gillette doubleheader last week was the end of the main portion of the the home part of the season, so I know that they've got some things to do with the scoreboard. They're working on internet, all kinds of stuff, but they're taking care of that now to troubleshoot some issues in the next couple weeks and then be ready when everything rolls into Laramie on the 26th.
2: Awesome. Cannot wait to get down there. Again, that's David Settle, Wild Preps and Voice of the Laramie Rangers and good friend of the show. David, thank you so much for coming on.
3: Guys, always a pleasure. Have fun wherever you're headed this weekend.
1: It's always fun to talk with David because you almost kind of get like that zoomed out look of the state. And mm-hmm. everything kind of starts to kind of come into focus a little bit. Yeah. As blurry as everything is here as we try to decide uh, who's going to be in what spot going into these state tournaments. Uh, but as always, a great conversation with David.
2: Yeah, we always appreciate him giving us his time. He's a very busy man. Uh, excited to to go to that state tournament. It's going to be in Laramie, his stomping ground. So uh excited to go and again a reminder you can catch every game of the 2021 american legion double a state tournament live on mylocalradio.com it's going to be a blast uh, you heard cullen talk about the games uh that we're going to have as well as the recap show every night on mylocalradio.com uh, we would not be able to do this without sponsors and cullen i think we have uh have some people to thank.
1: Yeah, our Extensive baseball coverage across the state is brought to you by Buckle Up for Life Wyoming and the Wyoming Seatbelt Coalition. Uh, And their mission is to increase seatbelt usage in Wyoming uh, to prevent fatalities and decrease the number and severity of injuries and traffic crashes. So if we all work together to increase seatbelt usage, we can drive our state towards zero traffic deaths. And that's the goal. Yeah, there's also some stats
2: here that they provided us with that I thought were really, really eye-opening. And it was that Wyoming seatbelt use rate remains consistently lower than the national average at 78.3 use over 125,000 Wyomingites are still not buckling up. So let's try to drive that number up and go from one of the bottom with seatbelt usage percentages to one of the top. We travel a lot, so we should be at the top.
1: Yeah, I got to get above the Mendoza line there uh, for seatbelt usage here in Wyoming, especially as we travel around for these important conference games uh, and tournament games as well. And, man, we've got a lot of -of out-of-state action and a lot of really good matchups coming up this weekend as well. Cheyenne going to be involved in the Cabo World Series, which is uh, the tournament that's that's being hosted at their place. Uh, Torrington and Douglas will go at it. We talked about a few of the games that we're excited about, the Cody tournament. Jackson and Cody will be there. Um, As far as out-of-state tournaments go, Laramie and Sheridan are heading all the way up to Dickinson, North Dakota. Uh, Gillette is going to Minnesota. So uh, a lot of good games conference-wise. Saturday, Lovell and Powell will have their conference doubleheader. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, The Bowling Memorial Tournament in Douglas which uh, David Settle talked about. So just a lot of good games to be watching. Yeah, and speaking of something
2: David Settle talked about, that Kaaba World Series could be a, a, an interesting thing that reverberates throughout the rest of the season. Uh, I, I tend to agree with David. I don't think that that's going to be a priority for Cheyenne Post-6 if they win it again this year. Um, only one person in the world knows that, and that's Ty Lane. I We're going to have to get him on the show next. week and ask him.
1: Yeah, that's a, a burning question here on the 307 Baseball Podcast. Elon, I know you've been... Tracking all the stats and the players' performances and stuff, as you always do. And you've got some players for us this week.
2: Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about our player to watch. Let's keep an eye on Jackson's Parker Bledgy. He is definitely going to be a big reason. If this team makes any noise at state, he will be a big reason why. Uh, They played Elko, Nevada on July 2nd at their own conference tournament they lost that one four to five, but Bledgie gets a double and was able to kind of get some things going for Jackson. Uh, he's also a very capable pitcher as he came in in that same game, went two innings pitched, no run, uh, no earned runs, two strikeouts. So keep your eye on Parker Bledgy as your guy to watch. Let's go to our hot bat and we talked about it before we came on the air is us being in Evanston we try not to talk about Evanston as much because we don't want to come across as homers. but when you have a kid who has this hot a bat as this young man in the last uh, 3 games two homers uh, that's Hank Allred brother of little brother of Gus Allred who's kind of having a breakout season his first year as a full AAA starter batting 305 26 RBIs
1: and four home runs so he's your hot bat and pitcher. Well, here, here's the funny thing about Hank. Uh, I was at that game where he hit the first yep. home run. Of and then week. last night he hit the. Uh, and what's funny is uh, he was in the same exact ballpark and hit uh, went yard to the same exact <laughs> spot that he did the last time he was there. And the last time that the outlaws went down to Salt Lake. Uh, so a little bit of a deja vu for him. And then he used that momentum to get another one just a few days later. Uh, by the way, that first home run was with a wood bat. That's right. So
2: that is very difficult. So he was kind of primed to go off, but let's move on to our hot pitcher, and I'm calling her right now. I think this is our pitcher of the year in Wyoming, Bradley Feaser, out of Cheyenne Post Six. Listen to these numbers. He's won the hot uh, hot pitcher award, I guess, on Three O Seven Baseball before, but when he keeps putting up these numbers, he deserves to be mentioned over and over again. Seventy-one and two-thirds innings pitched, a ten and two record, twenty runs. Only nine of them earned 112 strikeouts, a .879 ERA, .879 ERA. They're not even getting a run against him in his appearance.
1: Yeah, wow. Uh, that's not easy to do, and especially as we track these games uh, all around the state, we're seeing that there's a lot of offense here. Oh, you yeah. know, It's not easy to keep these bats at bay. So for him to do what he's doing, man wow yeah
2: and so i think he's your favorite twin pitcher of the year in wyoming but he's looking absolutely
1: fantastic he's your uh hot pitcher of the of the week all right guys uh be safe wear your seat belts buckle up for life wyoming everybody has a reason to buckle up what's yours Uh, gotta get to all these good baseball games around the state that's mine Uh, So enjoy the action over the weekend. You know, the state tournament's coming up, so make sure you book mylocalradio.com for all the great content we're going to have last week of July for that tournament as well. Elon, as we say goodbye for this week, what do you want the people to remember?
2: Well, real quick, another big thank you to Matthew Peterson for all the work that he's done on this show As mentioned earlier in the show, he got a great job offer that he couldn't pass up, so we fully support him and wish him nothing but the best. Uh, As far as baseball is concerned, it's going to be interesting to see what some of these tournaments kind of bring out. I mean, uh, we're kind of taking a rest for the rest of the week in conference play with the exception of the two single-A matchups you mentioned but uh, I think uh, it's a good chance for these players to kind of get rested up, play some games and tournaments, to continue to build some chemistry. And then next week, we, uh, everybody's hitting it hard and heavy to finish that
1: tournament or the uh, conference schedule. Well, a big thank you to our guests as well, David Settle and Ben Phillips from Sheridan. Uh, we had some great conversations and our great sponsor, Buckle Up for Life Wyoming, as well. Hey, uh, enjoy the games. We'll talk to you guys next time.